Hi guys, Angel here from the Career Path Angel Show. Welcome to episode one, where I'm going to be sharing wisdom with you on how you must assess a situation, recognize change, and plan accordingly to minimizing your risk. Today's story is an example of how you can get the outcomes you want and desire for your career. Stay tuned to hear the compelling story. You are listening to the Career Path Angel Show, where we talk all about career, business, positive mindset, self-development, and many other fun and exciting topics with one goal in mind, to help new working professionals to fast-track their careers in the corporate world. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive right in. Here is your host, Angel Mary. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Angel Mary, and I am so excited to finally get this podcast off the ground and that you are listening. Thank you so much for being here and giving my show a chance. So really, this podcast was made to help individuals who are really new coming into the working world. I'm talking about people who are either graduating from high school or entering the workforce immediately and or anyone in the college setting who is now finally entering the work world. This is for you. You are very new to the corporate environment and you may need to think about your career and where you want to go. And some of you may know exactly what you want to do and some of you may still be thinking about it. But this is really everything that you need to know about what it takes to get ahead. I'm going to be sharing my story. I'm going to be interviewing other individuals who have been at the pinnacles of their career, and they will have very insightful information that will also be informative for you, the listener. So thank you again for joining in. Okay, so I'm starting with my personal story on my career path. And this story will be a little high level. I'm not going to get into all of the main, main uh, details, but it gives you a idea of what it took for me to get to where I ended up being, which was a high-level C-suite executive in senior leadership. I did change my industry multiple times. I started out in government, then I worked in finance. I f- followed that with real estate, then retail, then I was an entrepreneur where I was a chocolatier and I sold chocolates. And then finally, my final stop was healthcare. And that's where I went from being unemployed, a stay-at-home mom, to a C-suite executive in less than five years. And I'm here to share that entire story with you. So let's get started. Quick background on me. I'm a born and raised New Yorker. I had a few stints living in sunny Miami, and I am born to immigrant parents. So I would say that my worst and best traits are that I'm very, very honest. (laughs) It can be great to be honest because you get what you get, but it can also get you in trouble. So as I've matured, I've gotten better about sugarcoating things a little bit so that I don't hurt people's feelings. And that's just something that's very real that you need in the working world, having that ability to send your message out in a way that it doesn't impact other people's feelings. So that's very important. 
I started my career when I took and my original plan uh, was, okay, I'm going to do economics as a major and I'm going to go into finance. And I, I, I really envisioned myself to be in um, a high rise New York City building working in a corporate environment dressed in a suit that I mean, I just had this dream. I don't know. I, I just felt like that was that was it. And I would be living in an apartment in New York somewhere. And uh, that was my dream. And I didn't really think too hard about how much I was making. But I was obviously, I would need to be making a lot to support that lifestyle, right? Living in New York City in a high rise. So that was the initial goal. I didn't really think too much about what my personal skills had to do with it, what my skills even were. I didn't even understand that early on. When Whenever anyone asked me what I was going to do, I would say, oh, yeah, I'm planning on going to finance, but I never really thought about what skills I really needed to have in certain places and what I was comfortable with, but also what made me truly happy. And that's something that is most critical in anything that you endeavor to do. Are you really happy with what you're doing? Is the mission of the role does that really speak to your personal skill set? So those are important things. So when I first started working, I graduated in 2002. That was a year after 9-11. It wasn't really easy for me to find something in the city immediately. I don't know. I just didn't seem to have good leads right out of college. So I moved down to Miami. I lived with my parents. And with some networking, I got myself into government. And I initially started out working as an accountant where I was daily looking at a budget number for the state that would pop up in a field based on various different departments. So any number of departments are spending money on a given day. And yes, there is a budgeting department where people are looking at the numbers daily to make sure that we're not overspending. So that's actually the first job I had. I had a wonderful boss. He was very, very helpful to me and, ex you know, exposing me to interesting work. But that wasn't really fulfilling enough for me. So when an opportunity came a little bit later where I could move up in my salary, but I would also be moving into a different department, I took it. And so that role was to work as a contract specialist. And in that role, it was very interesting because I was actually typing up using legal legal's help actual contracts that would be based on the dollar figure that was awarded to various nonprofit organizations to supply beds for homeless individuals. So the people who are sleeping on the streets of Miami, you know, these these organizations would be bidding with the government to say, okay, I'm going to be creating this huge facility with 15 beds. We're going to have, you know, two nurses on staff. We're going to be putting in a lot of, you know, mental health support. They're going to be served this much food. So for this, we're going to need this budget for the staffing and for the facility and everything. And the government, of course, well, the government can't do everything, right? So, and this is how government operates. They contract out this type of work because they do have a responsibility to take care of the lowest rungs of society. So it was a wonderful role in the way that I felt very rewarded because I not only was I creating these contracts to help somebody, but I was also 
feeling quite powerful, actually, because I would have the CEOs of these huge organizations, nonprofit organizations in Miami, coming, making, calling me, making an appointment with me because I'm government and I'm holding the contract for their large award. And they would come and sit down with me. And I was exposed to senior level staff right in that within the first year of graduating college. So that was a very, very great experience for me. But what happened? What happened was that my my immediate supervisor was a, I think he was a extreme micromanager, and I had never had any experience dealing with that before. And I, I tried everything I could, but some people are beyond help in terms of the world, in the world of management. And if anyone out there is currently working for somebody who is extremely, uh, you know, biting in terms of their criticism, their ex- expectations, their, you know, um, their dismissiveness, uh, and their constant badgering. And, you know, it, it erodes your self-esteem, especially when you're a high-performing person. That type of management, actually, anyone who's a boss out there, if anyone's listening, fire those people. <laughs> those kinds of bosses are the worst. They actually drive away good talent. And that's actually what happened to me. I actually, I would be coming home every night crying because I, I am the type of person that I really care about the work I do when I'm doing it. I, I want to put my best effort in. I come in and I really care. So, of course, if I have someone who is uh, extremely poor at communicating and doesn't know how to behave as a leader and, uh, you know, treating me in this way, um, I just, there's only so long some people can take that, right? And I, I was there about three months and I knew I couldn't take it much longer. I think it was the new year was coming in and I decided, okay, I'm not ringing in the new year working for this guy anymore. I'm, I'm going to take a risk. And I decided I'm going to go back to New York, where I was originally from. Um, I was going to figure it out. You know, my family had moved out of the state at that point, but I was, I still had a bunch of people that I knew in the area, but my fiance was up there too. And I said, uh, help me find a place. I had saved a bunch of money. You know, I was not out partying in South Beach, <laughs> even though that's probably what most people did when they graduated. I was actually just working and saving every penny. So I had I had a little bit of a nest egg. I had about six months worth of money. And I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to be stuck here with this terrible, abusive manager, and I'm going to go. And I picked a date. It was like, I remember January 1st. I remember looking at the calendar. I said, how much more time am I going to give it? I ideally wanted to get, you know, quit immediately. But I knew that for my resume, it doesn't really look good when you quit a job within a couple of months early on. You need to give it at least minimum one year. I mean, truthfully, I would say two years is best, but I was, you know, I was like, okay, I can explain it away. I'm, I'm going to New York, so it's fine. Picked a day. I remember chose a random day in April. Said, okay, it's going to be nice weather in New York in April. <laughs> Circled the day. Picked, I remember going straight onto the JetBlue website and going and finding a one way ticket. And then, you know, informing everyone, hey, guess what? I made some plans. I'm quitting my job. I'm moving. I'll be, it'll be in a couple of months, but this is the plan. Um, my parents were a little stunned. I think they weren't expecting me to do something so 
brash at that point. But, you know, I was always the type of person that took charge and I wouldn't allow someone to abuse me for a very long time. So I knew I needed to make this transition. So I I took the risk. Now, I'm telling you right now, it's still not easy to do these kinds of things because there is a deep amount of fear that you might fail. I mean, I was thinking in my head, oh, my God, like if I don't find a job before I get to New York, I am in big trouble. Seriously, I am not going to be it's going to be, a you know, I did some I squandered a good job and I just took this big risk and I might go there and I might not even find a job because I had trouble finding a job when I graduated in the first place. Right. I thought, OK, I'm going to go there. I'm going to figure this out. I every day from January through April until the day I flew there, I was just applying, applying, applying to every single thing I could possibly find that I had interest in. I had a couple of leads, didn't really lead very far. And then before I knew it, it was already April and I was going there. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, "Okay, it's okay." You know why? The one thing I was telling myself from the very start was, if I don't find a job and I start running out of money, I'm going to do the one thing I hate the most. I'm going to apply to the New York City Sanitation Department. I will be a garbage man if I must. Okay, I don't love it. I hate garbage. I hate the smell of it. Honestly, I would vomit if I was doing a job like that. But that was enough to scare me into thinking I need to really make sure I figure it out. So when I landed in New York, I was still hustling. I was still contacting. I was cold calling of recruiting agencies. And um, I think all of that effort within days somehow, and this is the, this was the lucky part, someone called me on my cell phone and said, hey, you want to come in? I saw your resume. Um, and I went in and it was a recruiter. The recruiter sat me down and he told me, listen, I have this opportunity, but you know, it's in corporate. It's in, it's in a high rise building in midtown Manhattan. And you're going to have to wear suits. I don't know if you have even um, appropriate attire. I was wearing kind of a blazer and, you know, slacks, but I wasn't wearing a full on suit when I went in for that interview. So I said, no, 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 no worries, no problem, you know. And I thankfully I had all that money saved up. So I just went to the the outlets <laughs> and I went to all of the outlet stores and I bought a whole wardrobe. Um, you know, I want to say it was like a week's worth of clothes. And I figured, you know what, it's OK. Whether or not I get this job, I knew I needed to do this anyway. I need to have this stuff because this is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. And no matter where I end up, I'm going to end up using this, these clothes at some point. I went to the interview the next day and, you know, we hit it off. It was great. I had a really good feeling. Within a half hour, the recruiter called me, said they loved you and they want to make an offer. And I was like, yes. And I had I had done it, you know, and uh, that was a really amazing experience going with my gut and not allowing myself to stay somewhere where I felt like I was really, you know, that micromanager in that role. The job was perfect. It was just the right amount of reward that I needed. It was just the right amount of uh, challenge that I needed. I felt good when I went home because the work was something that I felt good about and I felt like my talents were being used effectively. And one poor manager completely ruined that for me. And 
I know that many of you out there are going through something similar. You start working and then you're like, why is this person in a position of leadership? Why are they the supervisor? Why are they in charge of assessing me when this person really does not have the true leadership skills they need to be in a role like that? So I completely understand what that's like, because I had to make some life decisions just based around that. I just, and I guess some of you may be thinking, well, why did she leave the state? (laughs) And that's because I knew I was going to be moving to New York anyway. I was planning on getting married and I knew I was going to settle up there. So I was like, I'm not going to wait till we get married. I'm just going to go. Remember, I come from immigrant parents and it's not typical, you know, to be um, living with your uh, fiance at that time. Uh, this is the early 2000s. And, um, you know, this is not, it's just a different culture, right? So I'm following the culture. So I went up there, I was in my own apartment, I got my job, I felt very good about it. And, you know, that's, this whole story is really just to highlight that sometimes you have to take really big risks, really, really big risks. But, If your core person, like your core essence as a person, you know, is being impacted in a job, no job should ever along your path in your career, nothing, no role should ever leave you in a place where you're going home at night crying and upset. And that's the that's the key takeaway here that I like you guys to come away with on this first part of my background that I'm sharing is take big risks and don't take abuse. You know, you deserve to be respected. While I was an accountant, I met this very nice middle-aged man who was named Ted, who actually was very good with giving me advice while I was working there. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but he was like a mentor. Uh, He just was sitting in the cubicle across from me. He was just a peer, but he offered a lot of insight into how an office works. And at the time when I was having troubles as this in this new role as a contract specialist with this micromanager, that's when he referred this excellent, excellent book to me called Who Moved My Cheese by Dr. Spencer Johnson. And this was a huge hit, huge hit in, in the 90s, 80s, 2000s. Um, so it's it's a classic. I strongly recommend the book. It's about change and anticipating change and how to move with change and adjust to it. And that's one really excellent reference for you to go home with. Thank you so much again for listening to the podcast. Please take a moment to hit subscribe. So and with that, I hope you will join me on my next uh, show that I will be dropping in the next week. And uh, until next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into the Career Path Angel Show with Angel Mary. Something you want to hear Angel talk about on the show? Contact Angel through Instagram or TikTok to let her know. Hit subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and be sure to share it with your friends. Till next time, stay confident, stay positive, and never give up.